grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're going to commend someone for something, what is it that you look in that person to do so? You probably look for something noteworthy that they have done. Maybe it's completing a long, arduous task like getting a college education or running a complete marathon without having to take breaks for days like I would have to if I was running a marathon. Maybe it's somebody who is the, the top of their field and what it is that they do, the champion of a competition or an artist who makes such a wonderful work that you could only imagine it in your dreams yourself. Or maybe it's somebody who simply got into where they are in spite of where they came from. Circumstances that were challenging, that were struggling, and that by law of the odds, they should not have ended up where they are. And yet, they did so. But where does the Bible look before commending somebody? It doesn't look to what they do. No, it rather looks to their faith, to their trust in what God has done and said. In Hebrews chapter 11, we are introduced to Faith's Hall of Fame. As we meet a number of inductees who are commended for their faith in what God has done and said. And these heroes of faith are presented to us to encourage us, that is, current believers, to have the same faith, realizing that they're people just like us, and yet they can have a faith just as we hope to have. Of all the different heroes of faith, we'll primarily look at just Abraham in that hall of faith. But as we look at Abraham, he's going to have to show us about what commendable faith looks like. It is the faith that is convinced in God's promises, even his unseen ones. And it's a faith that longs for heaven's better land. It is this commendable faith that we too strive to have so that we can be counted among the inductees and face Hall of Fame, just as we'll hear how Abraham was. Usually when people ask me about what the Bible teaches about faith, I usually point us to our opening verse where it says, Faith is being sure about what we hope for, being convinced about things we do not see. To be sure or convinced about something means that you have a 100% confidence in the thing. This is not a, a wishy-washy, I suppose so, kind of confidence. It's a sure confidence. A confidence that is in the hope for things that we cannot see, that is truths that we would have never known had God not told it to us. And because this morning we're talking about commendable faith, we're looking for that, that top of the line, that role model kind of faith that is completely convinced in everything God has said. Abraham had such a commendable faith with the promises God gave him. We hear about three of them between our readings this morning. How One promise was how Abraham would receive the promised land of Israel as an inheritance. A second promise of how his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the night sky in the sand on the seashore. And the third promise, how Abraham would have a flesh and blood son of his own through whom would continue the family line and the promises given to him as well. 
by the time Abraham passed away, he saw those promises somewhat fulfilled. He owned a plot of land where he buried his wife Sarah. His immediate family could have numbered as high as 24, which is a respectable number just for immediate family. And he did see his son Isaac born to him and married off to his wife. But by and large, by the time he passed away, these promises were not yet fulfilled. Despite that, he remained with a commendable faith that was 100% convinced in what the Lord had promised to him, even if he couldn't see how those would be fulfilled. The Lord has given you and I a different set of promises than these particular ones given to Abraham. We heard about one of them in our gospel, where the Lord promised that he would provide for our every bodily need because we are more important and more valuable than the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And yet, as you think back to your life so far, have there been times when you've wondered how the Lord would provide for you? Perhaps with a little tinge of doubt in your heart? Or as you look to the upcoming time ahead of you, do you honestly wonder how the Lord's going to take care of you in circumstances that you yourself are not even aware of happening? In our first reading, we heard how the Lord demonstrated how he gives us our spiritual blessings, things like righteousness, that is done through faith, not by our actions. Does it seem too easy for you to have the full measure of God's blessings, his righteousness, holiness, forgiveness, simply given to you through faith? Believe and receive and nothing left? Is there a part of you that perhaps wonders if the Lord will come one day knocking on your door, asking you to say, hey, I need you to do this for me if you want to remain in those blessings, to pull a bait and switch on you? In many ways, if the Holy Spirit were to have Hebrews chapter 11 written today, we would not expect our names mentioned in that faith hall of fame by any means because so often we do not have a faith that is commendable. A faith that is 100% convinced in what the Lord has promised, especially in his unseen promises. But this absence of commendable faith It's not because there's something wrong with our God. Rather, he is faithful in everything he has promised, and he will do what he has said. I mean, just look at Abraham. When the children of Israel came up out of Egypt, what did God give to them as an inheritance? The entire promised land of Israel. And they depended on the Lord to get that entire land. Abraham's descendants indeed have been beyond count in two different ways, physically through the Jewish race, but more importantly, spiritually, through all those who have the faith of Abraham. That is a trust in what God has promised. Yes, Abraham saw how his son Isaac was born to him, his own flesh and blood, but that too required a miracle. Because Abraham, he was as good as dead. That is, he was well past the normal age of having children. Just as God kept his promises to Abraham, so he keeps his promises to you and to me. 
I mean, just look at yourself. The Lord has provided for you so that you can be living and breathing and soaking in God's word today. And just as he has done it before, so he will for the time to come because you are far more valuable than birds and flowers. How the Lord demonstrated how he gives us our spiritual blessings. That is simply through faith alone. So that through that trust, you have the continual coverage of his blessings, Christ's righteousness, holiness, and forgiveness given to you in full measure, and that will not be ripped away from you or bait and switch on you either. Why, God has even done one even more thing. How he secured your salvation by sending his son to die on that cross to pay for your sins so they could be done away with once and for all promise he gave in the Garden of Eden, still true for you and for me. Our God will do what he has said. And there's no reason to not trust in what he has promised us. Unlike a stereotypical politician whose word is only as good as what they will benefit from it. Rather, our Lord is like that trusty friend of yours. What they say they're going to do, they do. And what they don't say they're not going to do, well, they don't. If this reliable friend of yours were to promise something a little bit unusual for them, would you take them at their word? Of course, because they've proven their track record so far. Well, our God is even more reliable than that trusty friend of yours because he is perfectly faithful to his promises. As such, we take them at his word. And we can hold him to his word with a faith that is 100% confident and everything is promised, even those unseen promises. Just as commendable faith is convinced in God's promises, so also commendable faith longs for what God has promised. The promise that our verses mentioned in Hebrews That's how our eternal home will be found in heaven's better land. And the way Hebrews talks about this this land, it's in a very interesting way, a little bit unique for the the Bible, Um, in the sense that it is a city who has foundations with its architect and builder being God. Those foundations are contrasted against the tents that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lived in. And tents are, by their very nature, meant to be a temporary dwelling. And it's not such a great place to live in for a long time or in extreme weather. Why, if you had your choice where to live, you would choose a city with foundations, not a tent to live in. Having this city with its architect and builder being God, we see the the personal value that it has to us. Have you known somebody who's had a sentimental attachment to a building because a loved one had a hand in its design or its construction? Imagine having an entire city designed and built with you in mind. That's what the Lord has prepared for us. That is where we find our eternal home. This is what our hearts are longing for, our true heavenly home. And those who have hearts that long for such a better land, they often will live as strangers and pilgrims here on earth. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did so during their time on the earth. They lived as strangers. That is, they were out of step with the sinful situations and neighbors around them. 
They lived as pilgrims who were traveling to a place far away that took a long time to get there. No, they weren't traveling to a different place on the earth. No, they were traveling to their home in heaven. And as strangers and pilgrims, they were content to live in tents on land that was not legally their own because they were longing for their eternal home in heaven's better land. In the same way, those today who long for heaven's better lands also can live as strangers and pilgrims because our hearts look to what's coming up, not to what's right here. But let me ask you this. Which of these two better describes you? Is it a stranger and pilgrim whose longed for home is in heaven? Or the somebody who's settled down because you've already arrived at home? If life has burned you, or if you don't have much to your name, maybe it's not as much of a struggle to be that desired stranger and pilgrim. But if the Lord has blessed you with much, or if you're looking to get as much as you can out of this life before it's too late, well, then maybe you might find that your home is probably more often here instead of where we're going. Now, it's, it's not wrong to enjoy the earthly treasure that the Lord has given to us and to do so in a God-pleasing way, but we go too far when we prioritize our earthly treasure over our heavenly treasure and cease to be strangers and pilgrims. And perhaps you've seen this in yourself. When you get up in arms when things don't go your way, when you realize that you're losing sleep over circumstances that you can't control, or, or when you blame God for not giving you a slice of heaven that you would so much want right now. While we may forget where our home should be, that doesn't mean that the Lord has taken it away. No, by all means, instead it's the opposite. Rather, hey, he has prepared it for us, a home that is far better than anything we would ever find in this world here. A city with foundations that will never be torn up or fall on down any kind of a sinkhole. A place that was designed and built with you in mind. Now, will that mean that it has a highway system like Phoenix? Or a small town field like Tucson or something else? That I can't tell you. But I can guarantee you this. That it will be great and wonderful. Because it was designed and built with you in mind. And our Lord, he is not ashamed to be called the one who is our God who's unashamedly prepared and built such a wonderful place for us. And that's because of how he gives this land. Simply through faith. Faith in the one who lived, died, and rose for you and me, Jesus Christ our Savior. And there's never anything to be ashamed of when it comes to Jesus and what he has done for us and promised us. This is the home that we have waiting for us. A home that we cannot help but long for. And with faith-filled hearts longing for heaven's better lands, we therefore live as strangers and pilgrims here on earth. Strangers, that is, out of step with the sinful situations and circumstances and neighbors around us. As pilgrims, that we are on our way traveling to heaven and it will take our entire life to get there. 
And as strangers and pilgrims, we show it as well. When we hear about election results, whether we like them or not, we take them in stride. Because we know that there's going to be another election anyways, and eventually it won't apply to us. Because we'll happily be underneath God's wise, perfect, and benevolent governance. We temper the bad news we hear with the promise of the wonderful joys that we will have in heaven above. We also, we schedule time with our God and his word in our ever-increasingly busy lives because we know that where we're going is far more important than where we are right now. And we also, we eagerly await to see with our eyes what we have long confessed with our mouth, how heaven is my home. You see, when the Bible looks to commend somebody for something, it doesn't look to what they've done. It looks to their faith, to their trust in what God has done and said. In Hebrews chapter 11, we are presented with an inductees of all the faith hall of fame of those who had a commendable faith, primarily Abraham. It is these past believers who encourage us that this too can be my faith. A commendable faith that looks by being convinced in all that our Lord has promised us, even his unseen promises, that because we know the Lord is faithful in everything he has done, we can take him at his word and hold him to it without a doubt in our heart at all. This commendable faith also longs for heaven's better land. Because we have the guarantee that God has unashamedly prepared, designed, and built this city for us, we contently live as strangers and pilgrims here with hearts longing to what is to come in heaven above. This is the commendable faith that we strive to have that is convinced in God's promises that longs for heaven's better lamb. And we pray that we may have it so that we could be counted among those who, like Abraham, are in face hall of fame for a commendable faith. Amen.